0: Welcome back to Beyond the Workouts podcast. I'm the head coach of Beyond Strength and Endurance, Kyle Holman. Uh get into I'm going to I'm going to call it a programming episode, but this could really be coaching and and training as well. We're talking about better scaling and modifications in your workouts and I think this is a big opportunity that people miss a lot. Um I mean, first and foremost to kind of define these two things cuz I think they get muddled and people think they're the same thing, but they're not, but Scaling is um, taking the same movement and, you know, finding an easier version of it, basically. Like, so it's easy to think of this on the barbell, right? If the, whatever, the power clean weight is 185, 125, we scale to 155, 105, 135, 95, or anything in between those. That's scaling. Uh, If you look at a pull-up, if it's chest-to-bar pull-ups, we could go to chin-over-bar pull-ups, uh, jumping or banded pull-ups—that's scaling the movement because it's the same movement. We're just finding an easier version of it in order for us to, uh, you know, move through the workout and get the stimulus. Modifying is changing the movement. So, in something like pull-ups, if we do ring rows, that's a modification. That's not scaling. That's a modification. If we're talking about a barbell movement, let's say, and we, you know, modify that to a dumbbell or a kettlebell movement that's just like it's modifying the movement, right? We're changing the movement now. It's no longer with the barbell, it's with the dumbbell or kettlebell. So I think it's important to understand those two things um, because I think a lot of times people just say scaling or modify to this. Like, well, those are different things, and I think they can help you with what we're about to talk about when you understand the difference between those two. But I think a lot of times people just think scaling or modifying is like this Excel formula, like if this, then that. Like it's it's always – you know, if it's pull-ups, we go to ring rows or or anything like that. And and I think you're missing out a lot on what could be had because, you know, there's a very good article many, many, many years ago um, in the CrossFit Journal, or maybe it was, um uh, would have been the performance menu in Catalyst Athletics, but um, it was by Dutch Lowery, and, and <laughs> the title of the article was Get a Fucking Clue. Um, but what he was talking about is, you should be able to scale or modify every single workout in order for everyone to finish in the same general area, right? So if we're talking about a a four-time workout, I see it a lot that like the workout, you look at the scores on the board and it's like the range is six minutes to 14 minutes. Like that is way too big um, of a variance on that. And when when you're programming and... Um, and or coaching, and or going through your training, and you're trying to hit this certain stimulus. You should know the time frame and what we're trying to get after in the workout, and scale or modify appropriately to be within that. Um, and so, basically, that article was talking about like that. You know, there, there shouldn't be this huge variance. You should be able to. Everybody should finish within uh, relatively the same area. If it's a shorter workout, we got a shorter window. Like if this is a full send, you know, turn and burn, empty it out workout we're talking about maybe a minute or maybe two at most, there should be a variance. When we get into longer workouts, you know, I don't know, partner workouts or hero wads or whatever, where this could be a, you know, 25, 30, 40, 50 minute workout, you can have, there, there might be more up to like five minutes in that, but still it shouldn't be, I mean, Murph is a great example of this. Like I know, um, you know, it's a big workout that people want to do every year. So they want to put the vest on or they want to do the full thing. And, and you know what, there's, there's a time and a place in that. And there's, there's merit in that. And, and especially for the cause and all things like that. But if we're, we're talking about that workout in the form of getting the stimulus of it, then it, it shouldn't be that somebody finishes in 40 minutes and somebody else finishes in an hour and 20. Um, you need to scale or modify to be able to hit that stimulus. So um, I do this a lot in, in my programming that and and people aren't accustomed to it usually when I first start doing it. Um, you know, when you look at something like a rope climb, let's say, um, you know, a typical scaling uh scaling or modification to that is like rope pulls where I'm lying on the ground pulling myself up, lowering myself down, because you know, right, that's a I'm I'm pulling myself on the rope. That's what'd be it. But if you think about a rope climb, like something like pull-ups and toes to bar are a good uh what you're using in that right it's core it's um it's grip it's uh, that pulling strength um so you could scale or modify if it's it's unlikely that if somebody can't do a a rope climb um that they can do maybe a whole lot of toes to bar pull-ups but you can take that core and or pulling or grip aspect and take that in play too i see some people just like rope climbs like we'll just do ring rows like like ring rows seem to be this like foregone conclusion to go through and so many things and honestly if you do ring rows correctly uh because you can make those more difficult that's not just like an easy movement that it should just always be a scaling and modifying thing but um i mean i've all used all different kinds of things depending on what gym i'm programming for i've used um, a sandbag uh, clean or squat clean because um, there is a grip there is a pole um, there is the core stabilization of that i um, mean i've used a med ball um, sprawl to slam um, stuff like that so I think it's important to let creativity come into play and it's always not if this, then that, you know, what can you find to get the stimulus? Um, and, and a big thing, I guess why I bring this up too, is because a lot of times in gyms we're talking about equipment in, in accordance with the class cap or, or, uh, how many people are in class, right? Like, um, I mean, at the gym I'm physically at, we have six ropes. And so if we have 15 people in class and you know, we have more than, uh, if we have, you know, let's say six people that can climb the rope. And if I use rope poles, now 15 people are trying to use six ropes, where if I go to something, um, like those things I mentioned, like a, you know, med ball sprawl to slam or something like that. Now we don't have to worry about that equipment being, you being trying to be utilized by everybody. Um, so I think that's a, that's a big thing to, to consider when you're looking at stuff and, um, you know, I guess maybe I'll do a, maybe a YouTube video or something on, on these modifications that I use a lot, um, or maybe your blog, but open up your mind and look at your equipment and look at your class cap and think about what is involved in a movement, um, that you can, you know, play off of or utilize. I mean, um, squat snatch is another good example. So if it is a barbell squat snatch, let's say There's lots of different ways. Obviously, we could scale. We could lower the weight in order for you to complete the squat snatch. But like in a squat snatch, right, there are a lot of people that struggle with mobility. And it's not a strength thing. It's literally a mobility thing of why they can't complete that movement. Um, And I see a lot of times it's like, hey, like squat as low as you can. Or we go to a power snatch. But especially depending on what else you have in that workout, like I don't know, use an example of a couplet of like rowing and squat snatches. You know, rowing is involved... Involving your legs, you know, and a pull, getting your heart rate up. So if I am rowing and then doing power snatches as opposed to rowing and doing squat snatches, that's a very different world um, and feel to the workout. So can you do a power snatch, you know, and a goblet squat or a dumbbell snatch and a goblet squat? So at least we're getting snatches and squatting just like the squat snatch is so that you can match the stimulus, so that everybody in the class is experiencing the same thing throughout the workout. Because I see it, I guess, too many times when you scale or modify to different things, it's like a completely different stimulus. And that's where you can get very different uh, times in the workout, right? Like, if I'm doing power snatches as opposed to your squat snatches, inevitably, I'm going to be moving way faster on those than you are. Um, not only is it a different stimulus with the, you know, the added leg burn, but it, it's just a shorter movement. I'm just doing power snatch as opposed to squat snatch. So now I can finish way faster and not have leg fatigue that you're having, and that's a very different stimulus and things like that. When you're Also, when you look at it from, I mean, I talk about it in programming, that I'm looking day-to-day when I'm putting these weeks together of, okay, what is going to be sore from the day before, fatigued, um, so we can you know play off that so people can come as much as they want. So if I did a bunch of squat snatches, my legs by me smoked. But if you did power snatches, your legs aren't smoked. So now, this, now not only is it a different stimulus in the workout, but there are different variables that are going on through the week. You're super sore in your legs. You're not. Like, so I think people need to think about that more to match that stimulus. Cardio equipment or the ERGs or machines or whatever is another good example. I see it too often that people are like, well, you know, once again, at the gym I'm at, we have six rowers and we have a class cap of 15. Uh, We also have some bikes and skiers. But if I'm just saying this is a rowing, you know, whatever, this is a a chipper. It's a 1,000-meter row and um, whatever, 50 pull-ups and, I don't know, 50 pistols. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. But I can stagger the start on that to use that equipment uh, in order. um, Or I can change the time domains to make it an interval-based workout. Because if I just say, well, we only have six rowers and we have... 12 people in class, so six of you are going to do a 400-meter run and, or 800-meter run, uh, and the other six of you are going to a 1,000-meter row. Once again, very different stimulus in that workout. Um, so that's something to consider when you're looking at scaling or modifying. Um, I've talked about in other episodes what I just mentioned. There's a way through logistics to make sure that everybody can use the rower in, in a situation like that. But open up your mind and look at your equipment and look at your class cap fully understand the stimulus of the workout and that way you can scale and or modify more effectively so that everyone is getting the stimulus that's intended the um you know wear and tear so to speak on the body is now similar so when i'm programming day to day and week to week i know i have a similar thing that's occurring and that's how i can program more effectively when i think about that so um open up your mind like i said i'll probably maybe i'll do a a video or or blog or, or whatnot, um, kind of outlining a lot of the I think uncommon scaling or modification um, things that I use in workouts and, in accordance to the equipment and, and the stimulus and all that in workouts. But uh, if you're programming this or you're coaching this and it is your job as a coach to make the scalar modification, you know, the programming should give you an idea of what to do there. But you know, we do have one offs and stuff like that. Or in your own training, you know, if you don't have a certain machine or You can't do a certain movement. Think about the stimulus and what all is involved in the movement and how can I match that if I can't do that full movement. Manipulating reps. So we've talked about your creativity and what you use for scaling or modifying um, and kind of thinking outside the box and getting beyond what are the, you know, I guess, quote-unquote, typical things that people do in scaling and modifying um, and like I said, we're talking about this from not only programming, but coaching or in your own training. But another thing that I think people don't think about a lot is, is the manipulation of reps. It's like the Murph mentality, right? It's, it's very common in Murph that we have all these different versions that people can do, right? You can go straight through, you can do the Cindy format of, you know, the 20 rounds of five, 10, 15. There's even like 33 rounds of, I think it's three, six, nine, Damn, she fine. I feel like I always have to say that after that, uh, plus an extra round or something. But that mentality can help you out so much in in helping you get, once again, get the stimulus and move and actually do the movement. Like, for example, it doesn't like, especially in skill movements, right? Like if we have toes to bar, pull-ups, stuff like that, handstand push-ups. And let's say that's a workout that is, I don't know, for, for easy math here, let's say we're doing... Um, five rounds of 20 pull-ups and 20 handstand push-ups. You know, it's a pretty high volume workout, uh, not only overall, but within each round. So a lot of people will look at, like I can do pull-ups or I can do handstand push-ups, but I like 20 at a time, like that's just a lot for me. So they automatically scale now the entire workout. Uh, They go to, you know, whether it be a modified handstand push-up or a dumbbell push-press because I, I can only do... You know, a hand, I can only do like 10 handstand pushups unbroken. So there's no way I'm going to be able to do 100 in this workout, let alone 20 per round. So same thing with pull-ups. You know, I can do a handful of pull-ups, but I, that's just a lot of volume for me. So instead of taking that, you know, it's, it's five rounds, right? It's 20 and 20. So that's 100 reps of each. Now we could cut back the total volume, but just for the sake of this conversation, if we keep the same volume, um, can we do 10 rounds of 10 and 10? Can we do 20 rounds of five and five? Uh, that's getting the same amount of volume as everybody else, but that's allowing the people who can't do quite that high volume it, to still do the total amount of of reps on that movement. But it's more it's it's scaled down for them. That would be scaling, right? We're using the same movements; we're just changing it uh, the format to make it easier. So I think that's another area that people miss a lot. It's it's automatically like I mean I tell people all the time in workouts too like you should always do as many of the reps as you can so i don't know let's say it's a just a straight finish for time 50 pull-ups 50 handstand push-ups you could say in one light like hey like do as many pull-ups as you can out of those 50 but then then go to the modification and it should you should let them know what time frame we're expecting those 50 pull-ups to be done in so they can they can know that but so many times people automatically, well, I can't do 50 pull ups, so I guess I'm going to go to jumping or banded or ring rows or whatever I'm going to do. Well, no, you, the only way you're going to be able to eventually do more pull ups in a workout is to do pull ups. So in that same workout, can we do 10 rounds of five and five um, or two rounds of 25 and 25? Like you can manipulate reps. And, and I think too many times people get hung up on, like, well, that's scaled. Like, well, yeah, technically it is. Like, but. I did another episode called Fuck the Whiteboard that like, don't let the whiteboard or what you're writing on the whiteboard, the fact that it says scale instead of RX or whatever, now start to dictate what you're doing and now that you're missing the stimulus. And honestly, you're slowing your progress when you do that. So think about that too. Like I said, from a programming standpoint or a coaching standpoint or in your own training, you can also manipulate reps uh, when you're looking at that stuff. So it doesn't matter if it's, like I said, toes to bar, handstand pushups, pull-ups, Think about how many reps you can do. Um, Can I do, you know, 10 rounds of five pull-ups and five handstand push-ups consistently so I can move through this workout and hit the intended stimulus and time frame that we're trying to do? Then do that. That's going to be more beneficial than for you scaling it in order to get the 50 and the 50 done, like scaling to 50 ring rows and 50 dumbbell push-press. Well, now you're not doing pull-ups and you're not doing handstand push-ups at all. Um, so think about manipulating reps. That's another area that I think uh, people miss on or just don't think about a lot. Um, they kind of see things for what it is and like, well, I can't do the workout like this. So I'm going to scale. Well, you're already scaling. If you're going to scale, you might as well do the actual movements because that's going to help you get better quicker. So uh, think about that as well when you're, when you're looking at these scaling and modifications uh, in order for you to uh, you know, improve, uh, improve more consistently, more effectively, more efficiently, and things like that.